right, all right, all right. Day 189. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. I'm hyped because this is the last day of the book of Isaiah. And I hope and my my hope and my prayer is that you have seen some new things about God that you haven't seen before, or maybe some old things that you've probably forgotten about and just needed a refresher on uh, about our glorious God that we serve. And yeah, I'm gonna just jump right in, right? Two two uh, chapters today, 65 and 66. And I remember Isaiah is this fifth gospel. And in the last section, so um, 56 to 66, it's about the servants, right? So remember, it goes from the servant to the servants. And these servants are inheriting, fam, this kingdom, but this kingdom is spoken of as a new creation. So so God's servants are going to inherit the new creational kingdom. Look how Isaiah 65 starts out. It says, I was sought by those who did not ask. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that did not call on my name. I spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the path that is not good following their own thoughts. In other words, God is going to be clear in this text, Isaiah 65, that in terms of the exile, the people being taken off to to uh, to Babylon with Judah experience, God wasn't the reason that they didn't experience his favor. They were right. He wasn't the one that moved. They did. Right. He says, I held out my hand to my people, but they neglected the helping hand that they needed. They 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 bit the hand that fed them, as I, as I say all the time. Right. And what he does in these few verses, as is done throughout the Bible, is he sets up this distinction. Right. Between those who seek the Lord and find him in all the blessings he brings and those who don't. Right. And feel the weight of their own pursuits and situation he goes on and on and provides a laundry list of sins and idolatrous practices that were characteristic of the people of god in this particular time but in verse 8 there's this shift verse 8 it says this the lord says this as the new wine is found in a bunch of grapes and one says don't destroy it for there's some good in it so i will act because of my servants Hmm. And not destroy them all. I will produce descendants from Jacob and heirs to my mountains from Judah. My chosen ones will possess it and my servants will dwell there. Sharon (laughs) will be a pasture for flocks in the valley of Achor, (laughs) a place for hers to lie down for my people who have sought me. I love it so much here. In other words, the Lord is saying, no, no, no. I'm going to provide this restoration and this restoration will be for a remnant. Now, remember, in the Old Testament, the concept of a remnant is a faithful few that have not turned away from God and that will inherit his blessings and be recipients of his promises, regardless of the state of chaos that the world may be in. And essentially what the Lord brings up is that what was true for some people of Israel will not be true for all people of israel right there's going to be this remnant he will produce more descendants he says who are faithful he will once again restore renew and redeem sharon in the valley of acor right which represents the entire promised land that israel had inherited the land of canaan uh from the east to the west he he incorporates his borders right he gives the boundary lines to that bad boy right and all the way up to verse 16 he's going to oscillate 
back and forth between the faithful and the fake, <laughs> the faithful and the fake, the faithful and the fake. And he's clear that there are some who won't receive him. Right. But who will reject him? There are some who don't adore him, but have abandoned him. Listen, this is so applicable to our day and age. Right. Where we have people day in and day out saying, no, no, I'm good on Jesus. No, no, I'm good on the church. No, no, I'm good on Christianity. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. And God is saying, no, no, like it's been like this, fam. It's it's been the same way. And our our our, our mission as Christians is to plead with them to come back, to remain loyal and faithful to the one true God. Because he has so much in store for him. He has so much in store for those that are. And I love it because he's, he, you even see in this text the joy that is characteristic of the new age, right? That the people of God, that, that his servants will inherit, right? The people, it says, will eat, will drink, and rejoice. And it's so much so much to be said here but listen the promises of god this is so good the promises of god in scripture man oh my god the promises of god for the people of god are not always hear this far off esoteric and ethereal but they are extremely earthy what do i mean look he says no no this new age that i'm bringing about is characterized by eating and drinking in other words the deepest earthly pleasures of this life because of what we know is to come takes on eternal significance. And I love it because Jesus, Jesus is always, he, he always comes through and makes it make sense. Jesus himself speaks of the age to come as a wedding banquet, fam, as the supper of the lamb with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Right. In other words, we were made to be on the earth. Right. God in Genesis. God did not abandon his creation project in Genesis chapter one. But what he does is fulfills it through the personal work of Jesus Christ. His desire, fam, has always been to enjoy a fellowship meal, dwelling with his people in his presence, in eternal rest and joy in a glorified creation existence. That has always been God's plan, and he is the one that is faithful to make it happen, regardless of what we see with our own eyes today, regardless of how discouraged we may be, regardless if we feel like listening to this podcast. Like, right, God is going to make this bad boy happen, right? And I love it, man, because it's, we get a taste of it now, right? We get a taste of it by even being redeemed and saved now and enjoying the things God has for us on this side of eternity. We can taste the coming age. Listen, the best things in, in existence, in this existence, would not will not pass away in our new one, right? The best things we enjoy now, fellowship with the people of God, worship with the people of God. The joy in Christ, the sharing of a meal with brothers and sisters that you love will be in the next age as well. Look where he goes next in the next few verses. He says, he says, uh, he clears it up for us. He says, no, 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 I will create a new heavens and a new earth. Circle this verse, Isaiah 65, 17. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. Then be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and his people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. Listen, the goal of scripture 
is not us leaving earth to go to heaven, but heaven coming down to earth. It being this renewed, resurrected, recreated place, <laughs> a place of perfect harmony of creation. He's going to use this language of the wolf and the lamb eating together, right? Denoting this complete reversal of the fall of, of Genesis chapter three. Houses, homes, enjoyment, the complete eradication of evil. Every single thing our heart ultimately longs for will be present in God's kingdom. Isaiah 66, last chapter of the book. It's so much, man. It's so good. Um, he says this. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where could you possibly build a house for me? And where could my resting place be? Listen, God is too great, too majestic, too glorious, too big, too infinite, too eternal to be located merely and solely in any one physical space. He's this great king over heaven and earth, all realms, all places, all spaces. Right. And so the new age is characterized living under and with this great king. Right. And because that is our hope, that is our goal, that is our aim. We live under his lordship now and he says this no like he, he brings it up in the text he says no, no the lord looks favorably right the lord is pleased with the person who is humble <laughs> the one who uh is who trembles at his word i love how he says that here the one who essentially in other words recognizes their place before him right so in in light of this high and lifted up god we serve we humble ourselves before him now and he'll come in this text and he'll contrast those who are righteous and those who are wicked and the fate of both and i love it again he just comes at the end, though, at the, after the judgment, he speaks of judgment. I don't even want to skip over that. Right. God speaks of this judgment and this wrath that is coming. The, the, the Bible is clear about that. And we have to deal with that and submit our our own hearts to what God has said in his word. Right. But after that, he says, no, no, no. for just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, will remain before me. This is the Lord's declaration. So your offspring and your name will remain as well. In other words. As I always say, God's words of judgment are sure, but his words of blessing are sure. Right. They are they are enduring. They are lasting and they are promised and inevitably going to come. Right. And he says he speaks of the permanence of the new creatures will be just as permanent as the new creation. And you see this parallel all throughout the Bible between, uh, you know, um, the, the the people that God created in the world that God created, right? In the same way that in the beginning, Adam sinned and then the world, right, itself drifted into chaos. Uh, now, because of the obedience of the one man, the new Adam, Christ himself, the world itself will be renewed and fixed. And people, he says right after that, he says, all humanity will come to worship me from one new moon to the other, from one Sabbath to another, says the Lord. In other words, there will never be a neglect of the worship of God, right? Of the worship of the Lord. The Lord will finally and always be treated as he ought, right? Giving unceasing praise for the rest of eternity. And we will be with him. All the nations he keeps on bringing up, right? Not just Israel. The Gentile nations will be obedient. They will see the Lord's glory and they will have this intimate fellowship with him forever. I think we need to pray today that the Lord will curate the longing of our hearts, not for 
anything that will end but for that which won't let's pray god i ask that this entire book would lodge itself in our hearts and minds and would it lead us to fidelity to you until the day you come back to set up shop on earth